In today's episode, we showcase an app success story, speaking to Maya Gura, the founder of the widely successful app, Miss Bees. Her story as an app founder is both fascinating and inspiring and provides many lessons for anyone wanting to build their own app. I promise you're gonna love it. It's okay, you're having a good day? Yes. It's not so bad. Morning, so 11 o'clock. It looks like it's going to rain outside, by the way. So No, no, it's really nice to be in London. It's such a <laughs> nice weather. It's rare enough, so yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> no worries at all. So, Maya, um, tell us about yourself. Tell us about yourself and Miss Bees. Sure. Um, so, I am uh, the CEO and co-founder of, of uh, Miss Bees. Um, it's my third company, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, I've been doing this all my life, okay. pretty much. Um, just because simply I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so well, <laughs> anyways, um, I guess being a CEO of a startup company for the past three years has been a real roller coaster mm. as it really changes you as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even close to what I've been three years ago. Um, and I wonder what I'm going to be in three years from now. <laughs> Um, I have two kids wow. and a dog, a crazy dog, actually, <laughs> um, really mental. And, um, yeah, I travel a lot for my work and it's pretty intense. So it's hard to keep the routine going, but, you know, fitness, friends, supportive mm-hmm. environment, yeah. those things are holding you up. Mm. So, yeah. Right. Great. Great. So tell us about Miss Bees. How the, what, what is Miss Bees Festival? Miss Bees uh, was actually founded as a social business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of Miss Bees is to create a scalable platform uh, where the technology will bring underemployed population mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, employment opportunities. So we decided to work with a segment of the population, which is beauticians and uh, body treatment uh, mm-hmm. professionals. And um, to enable them with our technology to access tons of customers and build their customer base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ideally to become financially independent. Wow. This is the idea behind the company. Fantastic. Really, really good. So how did you start? Let's say you had this. When did the, let, in fact, let's start with this, actually. When did the idea about Miss Bees come around? Right. So uh, my previous company uh, was acquired by eBay wow, in 2011. Wow. And, um, you know, when you have such a life-changing event in your life, um, I was thinking about my next step, and I uh, really wanted to work with some underprivileged populations. Uh, and working for three years in a prison... Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was not expecting that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I met a lot of people that I haven't met before in my life, working mm-hmm. in tech environment all my life. 
Um, and um, I was inspired to look for a social type of business that will create opportunities for this type of people. Mm. Um, and then one day I ran into the business model of um, mobile apps mm -hmm. and marketplaces, basically, that basically match between people that um, have time, mm -hmm. have skills, but don't have money, mm -hmm. to people that have money, have no time. Yeah and are desperate to get things instantly. Yeah. And this is uh, an amazing concept if you think about uh, Deliveroo, if you think about Uber, mm. all those business models where, you know, you click on a button, something comes to you almost immediately, mm. and that person that comes, it gives them the opportunity to earn money. So um, that idea inspired me, and we, <clears throat> Miss Biz is basically an application that offers beauty services, uh, wellness, fitness, uh, delivered to your house 24-7. Um, me, myself, as a founder of a company, as a boss, uh, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a <laughs> lot of duties. I am really terribly busy during the day. Mm. I don't have the time between the customers, the investors, the employees. I don't have the time to do anything. Yeah. And to be healthy, fit, and beautiful, that's really uh, one of my worries but it's always at the back of my mind mm -hmm. so with Miss Bees I am basically capable to complete much more mm -hmm. and still feel beautiful <laughs> that's a great way to put it I think everyone's gonna love that so that's awesome like it's a really interesting backstory I did not know about the prison part you kept that quiet so <laughs> I did not know about that so now you had this idea what was the kind of first step you took? So was it you got a whiteboard out or you got a piece of paper and jotted it all down and said, I've got this idea? Or how did it, what was your kind of first step that you can kind of think back and remember saying, if I didn't do that, then it wouldn't be where it is today? Right. So um, my first thing when I have an idea is to really open a uh, presentation okay. and just throw it out there. Like... Um, Sorry for the expression, puke it out. Yes. Yeah, like, you're going to just, you know, <laughs> the story you told me before this podcast. Yeah. Oh, my on God. On Oxford Street, <laughs> that's what you do on the presentation. Okay, I got it. For anyone, for a bit of background, I was telling Maya about how um, around 10 years ago when I turned 18, how um, me and Tequila didn't didn't have a very good date. So, anyways, <laughs> back, to, back to the point. <laughs> um, so, you uh, basically... Because when you have an inspiration moment and you have this idea, it it's typically happens when you already thought through, like you already know what you want. You don't really know how and if mm. and, you know, who's going to be your customers exactly, but it kind of cooks up in you within mm. months and you kind of start to collect pieces until the puzzle is complete and the presentation makes the puzzle complete. Mm. So you do divide, like you keep throwing things into the slides and then you start dividing them by subject and you say, okay, uh, this is the value proposition. Yeah. These people could be my customers. They might want to pay for this type of services. Uh, and then you kind of start adding up to those categories and at the end of the process which doesn't take a long time mm. it's, it's actually a few days because you're really inspired when you're doing it like you're really passionate about it you do yeah. some research you look for up for things you look for different business models and you come after a week to this presentation that is not beautiful yet mm. however it's it's very um complete in your mind you know what you do mm. so that's the 
first stage yeah. of any idea that I've ever implemented. Fantastic. So a lot of um, entrepreneurs that I have come up to me and they will do, maybe they won't do the presentation, but often they do a business plan or they do something, they're, they're doing something to refine the idea. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of them, and I'm trying to stress them not to do this, but you can provide some insight here and provide some advice. They're looking for perfection. They're literally going, 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 tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. They keep going for perfection. Do you recommend you say, look, when it's like, when it's there, get it out, do something, or are you more like, like no, get it as perfect as possible? <laughs> You're nodding your head. There's no such thing perfect, and yeah. nothing is perfect, and it shouldn't be perfect. This mm-hmm. is the world. Um, I believe that if you are developing a rocket ship, mm-hmm. you should first know how people are going to ride your bike or your scooter mm. or your, I don't know, basic uh, vehicle. Yeah. Um, so first, you have an idea. You create an MVP. It's going to suck by definition. It has to suck. But it has to implement this basic concept that you believe in without mm. any features or very basic features. Obviously, it's going to be far from ideal. It's not going to be, be really the idea that you have, even. Yeah. It's just the beginning of it. But you have to see from the very first moment how people are going to um, play with your idea. I mean, if you have to explain any part of it, you're doing it wrong. Mm. I mean, it has to be self-explanatory. It has to be very simple and people have to love it. Mm. And once they do, only then you can start asking business questions like, okay, you like it. How much you like it? You really like it. How many times are you going to use it? Are you really going to use it? Are you saying it to me because you're my friend or you're my mother? Seriously, you, you I, I really need to know this. Mm. And then how much will you pay? How much will be, what, what's going to be the acceptable price that you pay and what's going to be the most expensive price that you're willing to pay for it? Yeah. Like you have to see if there is a real product behind it. Now, many people develop ideas without the business model, which is fine. It's just mm-hmm. for my personal nature, I'm more like a control freak and <laughs> I need to know how the product going to make money. But other people, you know, they create things just for the beauty of the world, which is also mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. A lot of um, a lot of startups run pre-revenue for a number of years, but at least they have that plan in place to say, actually, we plan to be pre-revenue for the first three mm-hmm. years, um, and then after that, we said we're going to monetize, but we're going to spend that time doing exactly what you said, getting as much feedback as possible, mm-hmm. and refining and pivoting to make sure people are using it consistently, and they're consistently getting new customers as well at the same time, and referrals, whatever it is, whatever their strategy is. So that's really interesting. Um, it's really insightful, actually, and it's good to hear that. And I think a lot of people will find that valuable. So now, you've got your presentation. How did you go about building the MVP? Did you go to an agency? Did you find a freelancer? Did you already have a tech team that you're with, or you already had a tech background? How did it, what was the step you took? Right, so I... Personally, um, have a tech background, mm-hmm. um, and I've been in tech all my life. Uh, but at the beginning, I mean, I haven't built my products in the past myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always had a CTO co-founder who was responsible for that. But at the very beginning, before you even have a co-founder necessarily, and you want to test the idea, ideally you'd use a solid, reliable outsource mm-hmm. service. 
um, that can develop your app so people could play with it. Mm. Like this MVP is actually very important to even recruit a good talented CTO to your company. Because yeah. you, you have to show the viability of the product. Um, the, that was the first stage of this business as well. I mean, we started the development uh, and we worked with a great company and uh, they've been really helpful in the thought process. Um, they were reliable, they were helpful. And I do recommend to try and uh, work with such a company. Mm. Now, uh, the next stage after the product was ready was to look for a co-founder who can create this platform. Miss mm. um, Biz is a sophisticated technology platform. We are uh, in no way a mobile app by mm. now. And uh, there's a lot of optimization, AI, speech, uh, in-app chats. Like There's a lot of technology implemented into the platform now. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we got into this um, deep uh, development process only after we already had clients who mm. paid for the service. So the first matches between our beauticians and our busy customers uh, were actually manual. Like we wanted to learn mm. how people are going to use the product and the app was only an interface for the customers to book. We did all this matching manually from the beginning. Mm. Now, we learned how to do that and then implemented everything to our platform and automated every possible factor. So now it's fully automated, of course. Yeah. I know you're enjoying this podcast and there's a lot more to come still, but I wanted to quickly interrupt to ask, wouldn't you love to make the next Candy Crush or maybe the next Uber? If so, then I want to introduce you to our App Accelerator program, an online course which teaches you the exact 10-step system that anyone can use to help create their own app without any experience. In fact, it's the exact 10-step system that I used to make the number one educational game in the App Store that I learned from some of the top app developers and geniuses in the industry without knowing a single line of code. And it's the exact repeatable framework that I use today in my agency to help our clients create their own chart-topping apps. The best part is that right now, you can get it at a huge 75% discount with a whole bunch of free bonuses too. So if you're sitting on an app idea and just feel a bit stuck on how to get started, then you need this course. Head on over to digiru.com to get started. That's D-I-G-I-R-U-U.com to get started. Until then, let's get back to the episode. Wow. So it's good to hear that because a lot of people will see technology and they'll see like the first product, the MVP. Um, and they'll say, wow, this is amazing. Like they've matched up perfectly. But they actually don't know the the hustle, should I say, that's happening in the background, which is everyone kind of just manually putting everything together. And that's how things were actually before AI as well. Um, AI is massive now, um, but it's actually really good to hear that that's what you have to do, that sometimes the steps you have to take. Like when we have, um, it's funny when you say MVP, um, um, for those of you who don't know what MVP is, it's like the minimum product you have to make to, to prove the concept or validate your idea or to solve the problem. And um, when, where we, we almost act like MVP specialists for early stage startups. So when they come into us and they tell us their idea and we go through a workshop and talk about it, they literally will put out a whole bunch of ideas and we want uh, augmented reality and a dinosaur to come up and deliver your food to you and all of this stuff. And then we say, okay, that's great. Is that what you want? Okay. Then we get a big red marker and we cross it all out. <laughs> and we say, no, that's not an MVP. And a lot of people don't actually... So you come from a tech background, which is great, but a lot of people um, often don't. 
and they want all of these features and they want to build version one, should I say, essentially. And I'm there to say, no, 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 bring it back. Focus on the problem first. Right. And then because a lot of people, and I think you might have found this with Mispies, but have you ever found that you maybe wanted to do so much stuff, but then when you, uh, when you actually listen to your user feedback, they don't want any of that. They just want something else. And you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, well, if I built all of that, I would have wasted a lot of time and a lot of resources. So that's great. So we've got our, you've got to the point. So you found a problem, you found a solution, uh, you created the MVP. How long do you normally test an MVP for? Or is it literally how long is a piece of string? You just keep going until you say, okay, I've got it. So how long do you normally validate uh, the idea? Um, I personally have this um, uh, easy formula of a thousand paying customers. Okay. So... MVP is to serve a thousand paying customers. Yeah. Once we reach that milestone, we're ready to uh, create more features based on the feedback we got from the customers. Great, that's actually really good. That's really good. A thousand paying customers. I've never heard that one before. We have um, we we ask normally when people come up to us and they say, "How do you know?" We say, "You all know." We do like I've launched other startups and like you just kind we we kind of run on the gut feeling of like, okay, we know now what it needs. We just kind of see. How do you guys normally get user feedback? Do you invite them in to ask them? Do you do a Google form, for example? Or how would you get user feedback? Um, well, the first thousand customers are beta testers, essentially, Great. right? Yeah. They get to this program through friends. Uh, we typically spread the word around in our community. And uh, to get a thousand users is not that complicated. I mean, especially if you have a month or two. Mm -hmm. um, you need to do things fast and aggressively. Mm -hmm. um, like, if each team member can bring, you know, 10 friends and they'll deliver to 10 friends, you'll get to 1,000. It's not that complicated, especially, uh, you know, the initial product doesn't have to be expensive. Like, mm. it can be discounted, it can be basic, but we do monetize uh, from the very first moment. Like, we didn't give anything for free because mm -hmm. the, the whole idea is to see if people will pay for the product yeah. and not just, you know, bribe people to use the product. Um, so, um, the thousand customers that used, uh, the feedback was implemented, so they would, like, they would have to comment. We'd also use uh, platforms like AppSea, where you mm -hmm. can see how they navigate through the application, and we record their um, feedback um, as it goes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll do, uh, with the people that we know personally, we'll actually speak and ask uh, several questions mm -hmm. uh, so there's no like you know uh, miracles around it like there's no, no uh, nothing's confidential it's more like a survey mm -hmm. uh, text message just to get specific questions or um, the things that we are still not sure about yeah to, just to get them clear perfect got it that's awesome I really really um, really like the idea of it really can I ask you a quick question uh, very, very quick question. Uh, two quick questions because I've just literally had inspiration of what some people have asked me in the past. Um, but I think it'd be good to get another opinion. Number one, people, uh, early stage startups, if there's a group of three, for example, they'll say, do I have to leave my job to do this? Mm -hmm. And my recommendation, but this is personal to me, is be sensible by it. But if you really believe in this idea and you believe in those goals you've set, just throw the kitchen sink at it, my personal opinion. Uh, what would be your opinion? No right or wrong answer. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I, I would start with that. I mean, 
it really, I guess, my answer would be it really depends who you are. Mm. I mean, uh, everybody wants to take this risk. Mm. I mean, you have to take this risk. If you don't want to sacrifice anything, then it's not going to work. Mm. It's a big risk that you're taking. Now, in different stages in your life, there is uh, a limit how big of a risk you can yeah. take, right? If you have a family or whatever you need to support, then, or if you are 23 years old, then it's a different set of considerations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing at a 23 year old right now. <laughs> um, so uh, I would ask the person uh, how, like, what's going to be your supportive environment? Mm -hmm. Because when I start a new company, I typically sit with my friends and family and ask them who's going to be able to support me, like mm. to help me. Because it's going to be a long journey. And typically, uh, the beginning is not necessarily paying for it. So, it, you know, it takes time. So, um, you need to have that kind of cushion to fall on. If you can't afford it, keep your job. Because mm. it's going to be too hard. And it's hard anyway. Like you're trying to make it easier, not to make it harder. Mm. So you can work during the night. You can work during the evenings. You can sacrifice your personal life if you believe in the project. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have the opportunity and you're uh, financially um, capable of taking like a six-month break and try working on this idea, um, the full-time will help you to promote it much faster. Mm. So that's my recommendation. I mean, if you can't afford, do it fast. Fully uh, emerged, fully committed. Um, that will show uh, your environment and potential investors how committed you are mm. to the idea. Um, and technically, if you are really a founder, you are expected to be fully emerged yeah. into your project. Of course. Makes sense. And the second quick question was... Do you remember how long it took for your MVP to be developed? Yeah, uh, three months. Three months, perfect. Because we normally say to people, MVP take about three to six months. We go, what, that long? And we go, that's actually quite short. <laughs> we say in the respect of things, it's quite short. But no, good question. Okay, it sounds great. I love your story. I think your story is amazing. Um, Thank you. It sounds like it's been one hell of a roller coaster. So where are you now and where's Miss B's now? Right. So we operate Miss Bees in the past two and a half years, which were quite intense. Um, we launched one market, and uh, uh, lucky for us, it's now uh, profitable and uh, successful. And now we are developing the second market here in the UK, um, which is also amazing because of the opportunity it has. Um, beauty services are crazy here. Mm -hmm. uh, we offer here about 150 types of services and serve all greater London, which is huge. Um, and we feel this could be like a real good opportunity for the company. And the next goal is to launch Spain, France, and Germany. Wow. Yeah, so expansion, that's uh, how we enjoy the ride. That's the future. Um, I just like eating paellas. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is like, people ask me why Spain? Like and I'm like, well, of course, I mean, it's fun, why not? <laughs> Is there ever going to be a Mr. Bees? Um, Mr. Lazy. Mr. Lazy? Yeah. Oh, that would be good. Because, you know, funnily enough, it might be just giving a million pound idea away to all the podcasts. But I always go on YouTube and there's always these um, hairdressers, barbers for men and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you think, hey, this would be a good idea if I could just find all of them on an app. So maybe Mr. Lazy will come out one day. Be a great idea. Right. Uh, we've analyzed uh, basically the market and we found that the beauty services are evaluated at $400 billion. 
it's a completely untapped market. Mm. There are no big players in this field, and uh, women use a lot of services. Unlike men that do haircuts, which is cute, uh, <laughs> women uh, use a lot of services to mm. keep us going. Our maintenance is uh, much more uh, demanding. Okay. So this is why we chose to focus on Miss Bees, and not <laughs> Mr. Lazy. Uh, so far, uh, we do offer beauty services, wellness services like mm. massages, and also uh, in uh, Israel we offer fitness services, which oh, wow. is like TRX, uh, Pilates, yoga, mm. uh, training, like personal training that comes to your house. Um, so I guess the next thing is to grow geographically, to offer more services, mm. and to expand the user base. Now mm. we are a hundred thousand customers. Wow. Um, so hopefully soon we're going to be at a hundred uh, million. Customers. Yeah, it won't be long. Yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. I think Mr. Lazy is a great idea, but I'm biased. You know, I'm biased. Okay, so what would be like? You've been on a whole journey. Mm-hmm. This is a hard question, but no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. You've been on this whole journey, and you've been through the ups, you've been through the downs. You know what it's like to do this whole startup journey. What would be your one advice? for an entrepreneur wanting to launch an app now, or even a, sorry, a tech startup, anything. But what would be your one advice to them? You can give two. <laughs> <laughs> At least. <laughs> um, honestly, I think between all my friends who are founders of companies, when I run it to my mind, I think the one characteristic that has to be there is durability like mm. you have to be persistent it's a really long rewarding journey and if you don't stay long enough to see how it develops you just give up too quickly mm. so like you have to stay there even at times it feels like you're getting too many no's and everything is too difficult you have to find this path mm. where at some point it's going to get easier and that's the right journey for you so you need to look for it and it takes time and mm. patience and slaps into your face. It's really, really hard. But you have to develop that skin because otherwise you won't be successful in anything you do in your life. I absolutely agree. I, I like the word um, resilience as well. Yeah. Because people, we, we were talking about this before we went on the podcast and guys who are listening in. And you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of people who hate you, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but that's just the way the world is. But when you over- overcome those, because I, I firmly believe um, one yes is worth all the one million no's. That one yes is just worth it. Um, and it pushes you. It encourages you. So no, I, I really like that advice. I really, really like that advice. Even find me. <laughs> I actually want to give an advice also to, yeah. to people around the mm-hmm. founders. Um, people have to understand how hard this journey mm-hmm. and how demanding it is on a personal level and uh, on any level, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you can give that person one single positive word a day, that would be a huge help. Mm-hmm. Like any positive thing. Even, guy, I mean, you look well today. What did you do something <laughs> to your brows? I don't know. Like any single word, mm-hmm. like uh, whatever. Um, just be positive. Because we get so many negatives, we have enough of those. <laughs> it's so true. Like, I remember when, like, in our first year of business, 
we probably, yeah, our first year of business was, was awful. Um, and I think most, most are, I think there's a stat nine out of 10 businesses in the UK failed within the first year. And um, <laughs> we couldn't handle that point. So we said, we're not going to fall into that statistic. We're going to survive this. We're going to find a way to survive this. But the point is, is that, um, yeah, they're, they're, I remember in that first year, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs find this, there's so much chatter in your brain, internal dialogue saying, this isn't going to work. Why are you doing this? This is stupid. Go find a job. Look at your friends. They've got deposits for houses. They've got this. And look where you are. You're in minus. And, you're in, and but you just have to believe that it's going to work. It sounds cliche, but it really is true, isn't it? Like, you just have to believe in what you're doing. Um, and, and eventually it's going to come right because uh, who said it? It might have been Michael Jordan. It might have been someone or Tony Robbins, uh, one of my life mentors. It's, it's impossible to fail if you keep trying. It really is impossible. Um, and I think if you just always find a way, because there's always a way, people think it's a lack of resources often. Um, so people think of it's a, yeah, a lack of money. It's not, it's a lack of time, energy, commitment. Um, so yeah. No, I really appreciate it. Maya, I really enjoyed having you on. Uh, really, really interesting podcast. Me too. Thank you so much. No, it's okay. I can't wait for this to go live. And when it is live, there's listening now. I'm sure they really enjoyed it. So how do people get in touch with Miss Bees? Oh, they can go to MissBees.com. Mm-hmm. And um, we are available on our chats, in the app, um, email, phone. Um, you can email to info at MissBees.com. And we are always happy to hear from, from any of you um, any feedback. We are actually listening and changing things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks for being a part of our community. No worries at all. I will be supporting and I follow you guys on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening in. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're sitting there feeling a little inspired and feel like you want to do something about your own app idea, then head on over to digiru.com to get started. That's D-I-G-I-R-U-U.com to get started, where after filling in a short quiz, you'll find all the resources, guidance, and expertise you'll ever need to get started on your app. I promise you won't find anything else like it. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode.